Pip's Adventure of Charles Dickens' Children's Stories, retold by his granddaughter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dickens' Children's Stories, retold by his granddaughter. Pip's Adventure All that little Philip Pirrip, usually called Pip, knew about his father and mother and five little brothers was from seeing their tombstones in the churchyard. He was taken care of by his sister, who was twenty years older than himself. She had married a blacksmith named Joe Gargery, a kind, good man, while she, unfortunately, was a hard, stern woman, and treated her little brother and her amiable husband with great harshness. They lived in a marshy part of the country, about twenty miles from the sea. One cold, raw day towards evening, when Pip was about six years old, he wandered into the churchyard, and trying to make out what he could of the inscriptions on his family tombstones, and the darkness coming on, he felt very lonely and frightened, and began to cry. "'Oh, your noise!' cried a terrible voice, and a man started up from among the graves close to him. "'Keep still, you little imp, or I'll cut your throat!' He was a dreadful-looking man dressed in coarse gray cloth, with a great iron on his leg, wet, muddy, and miserable, his teeth chattered in his head as he seized Pip by the chin. "'Oh, don't cut my throat, sir!' cried Pip in terror. "'Tell us your name,' said the man. "'Quick!' "'Pip, sir!' "'Once more,' said the man, staring at him. "'Give it mouth!' "'Pip! Pip, sir!' "'Show us where you live,' said the man. "'Point out the place.' Pip showed him the village about a mile or more from the church. The man looked at him for a moment, and then turned him upside down and emptied his pockets. He found nothing in them but a piece of bread, which he ate ravenously. "'Now, looky here,' said the man. "'Where's your mother?' "'There, sir,' said Pip. At this the man started to run away, but stopped and looked over his shoulder. "'There, sir,' explained Pip, showing them the tombstone. "'Oh, and is that your father along of your mother?' "'Yes, sir,' said Pip. "'Ha!' muttered the man. "'Then who do you live with? "'Supposing you're kindly to let live, which I ain't made up my mind about.' "'My sister, sir, Mrs. Joe Gargery, wife of Joe Gargery, the blacksmith, sir.' "'Blacksmith, eh?' said the man, and looked down at his leg. Then he seized the trembling little boy by both arms, and glaring down at him, he said, Now, looky here, the question being whether you're to be let to live. You know what a file is? Yes, sir. And do you know what Whittles is? Yes, sir. You get me a file, and you get me Whittles. You bring em both to me. All this time he was tilting poor Pip backwards till he was dreadfully frightened and giddy. You bring me, tomorrow morning early, that file and them wheels. You do it, and you never dare to say a word, or dare to make a sign concerning your having seen such a person as me, or any person somever, and you shall be let to live. Then he let him go, saying, You remember what you've undertook, and you get home. Pip ran home without stopping. 
Joe was sitting in the chimney corner and told him Mrs. Joe had been out to look for him and taken Tickler with her. Tickler was a cane, and Pip was rather depressed by this piece of news. Mrs. Joe came in almost directly, and after having given Pip a taste of Tickler, she sat down to prepare the tea, and cutting a huge slice of bread and butter, she gave half of it to Joe and half to Pip. Pip managed, after some time, to slip his down the leg of his trousers, and Joe, thinking he had swallowed it, was dreadfully alarmed and begged him not to bolt his food like that. Pip, old chap, you'll do yourself a mischief. It'll stick somewhere. You can't have chewed it, Pip. You know, Pip, you and me is always friends, and I'd be the last to tell upon you at any time, but such a, such a most uncommon bolt as that. "'Been bolting his food, has he?' cried Mrs. Joe. "'You know, old chap,' said Joe, "'I bolted myself when I was your age, frequent, "'and as a boy I've been among many bolters. "'But I've never seen your bolting equal yet, Pip, "'and it's a mercy you ain't bolted dead.' "'Poor Pip passed a wretched night "'thinking of the dreadful promise he had made, "'and as soon as it was beginning to get light outside "'he got up and crept downstairs.' As quickly as he could, he took some bread, some cheese, about half a jar of mincemeat he tied up with a handkerchief with a slice of bread and butter, some brandy from a stone bottle, a meat bone with very little on it, and a pork pie, which he found on an upper shelf. Then he got a file from among Joe's tools and ran for the marshes. Pip found the man waiting for him, half dead with cold and hunger, and he ate the food in such a ravenous way that Pip, in spite of his terror, was quite pitiful over him, and said, I'm glad you enjoy it. Thank you, my boy, I do. Pip watched him trying to file the iron off his leg, and then, being afraid of stopping longer away from home, he ran off. Pip passed a wretched morning, expecting every moment that the disappearance of the pie would be found out, but Mrs. Joe was too much taken up with preparing the dinner for they were expecting visitors. Just at the end of dinner, Pip thought his time had come to be found out, for his sister said graciously to her guests, You must taste the most delightful and delicious present I have had. It's a pie, a savory pork pie. Pip could bear it no longer, and ran for the door, and there he ran head foremost into a party of soldiers with their muskets, one of whom held out a pair of handcuffs to him, saying, Here you are. Look shop, come on. But they had not come for him. They only wanted Joe to mend the handcuffs, for they were on the search for two convicts who had escaped and were somewhere hid in the marshes. This turned the attention of Mrs. Joe from the disappearance of the pie, without which she had come back in great astonishment. When the handcuffs were mended, the soldiers were off, accompanied by Joe and one of the visitors, and Joe took Pip and carried him on his back. Pip whispered, I hope, Joe. We shan't find them. And Joe answered, I'd give a shilling if they had cut and run, Pip. But the soldier soon caught them, and one was Pip's miserable acquaintance. And once, when the man looked at Pip, the child shook his head to try and let him know he had said nothing. But the convict, without looking at anyone, told the sergeant he wanted to say something to prevent other people being under suspicion, and said he had taken some whittles from the blacksmiths. It was some broken whittles, that's what it was, and a dram of liquor, and a pie. Have you happened to miss such an article as a pie, blacksmith? inquired the sergeant. My wife did, at the very moment when you came in. So, 
said the convict, looking at Joe. You're a blacksmith, are you? Then I'm sorry to say I've eat your pie. God knows you're welcome to it, said Joe. We don't know what you have done, but we wouldn't have you starved to death for it. Poor miserable fellow creature, what us people. Then the boat came, and the convicts were taken back to prison, and Joe carried Pip home. Some years after, some mysterious friend sent money for Pip to be educated and brought up as a gentleman, but it was only when Pip was quite a grown-up that he discovered this mysterious friend was the wretched convict who had frightened him so dreadfully that cold, dark Christmas Eve. End of Pip's Adventure End of Charles Dickens' Children's Stories Retold by his granddaughter, by Charles Dickens.